AKA Padders, welcome to episode 544 of AKA Pad, the Film Buff Podcast. I'm your host, Peter A. DeLuca. I'm located throughout all of social media. We have a YouTube channel. All, all of these things I'm talking to you about, they're available. There's links attached to this episode. And that's how you can show your support. It's free to show your support. Leave a comment, give me a like, tell me I'm full of crap. That's what I like. But anyway, welcome welcome to the show. Been a little bit of a pause again, but we are rolling out. Oh, finally, big news is we're we're finally team AKA Pad. We're finally in position to do one episode a day. Finally, uh, it took us, it really took us like, I don't want to say a year. It feels like a year. It feels like a century, but it took us time to um, like whittle down what a regular rollout was going to look like, exactly what I would be discussing and what a lot of you out there wanted to hear. And here's the crazy thing. Uh, detraction of me going down deep threads or going into cracks or going, I call it tapping the vein. Uh, like we're doing with Captain Marvel slash Shazam. A lot of you like that, but you also like some of these uh, newer hot takes. You like some of my, my news insight. You like, you know, look, one of the things I'm discovering, the more I grow, the more, that's what she said, uh, the more I grow, the more I reach out to people, the more discussions I have. One of the big things I find is that things that I believe are common knowledge, things I believe are, uh, you know, should be kind of simple and well-known. They're not. And that doesn't mean uh, my counterpart, the person I'm discussing things with, uh, is less than that. It just means that uh, we're still, like, wrapped up in our own little bubbles, and social media uh, so perfectly insulates those bubbles. And it's when, once we're out of those bubbles... Everything is challenged. So a lot of what I believe to be common film knowledge, common film positioning, uh, even ideas of what is cinema, uh, a lot of you enjoy those insights. So we got so much coming. I can't wait. Like just to tease episode uh, 455, we have to talk about Cleopatra. We have to talk about somewhat of what's happening with Netflix and Cleopatra. And then this goes to the uh, wonder. I mean, I'm not even going to look it up. I believe it's 1964. Elizabeth Taylor as Cleopatra. Let's let's just do that because that's one of my maybe that's maybe within my top ten favorite movies. Um, that's just one of those longer movies I always put on. I always put on Cleopatra and Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. Uh, both of those movies are long and perfect. Let's get into it. So we're talking Shazam. Uh, the last episode, I feel like I just didn't do a well enough job discussing exactly why Shazam is important. Shazam's important because the character was acquired. The character has um, gone through uh, a couple iterations as of publishers uh, who was controlling the character, like all that stuff. But along the way, C.C. Beck is the guy. C.C. Beck is the, he's the architect of Shazam. Even to the point of running a two and a half year long storyline where he revealed that all the uh, criminal activity was controlled by a worm called Mr. Mind. I'm not making any of this up. I wish I was. (laughs) And throughout the course of Shazam and Captain Marvel, uh, his 
like of the two-headed dragon, similar to Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, the two-headed dragon in this case was Superman. And Superman just really wasn't as popular. It didn't quite land. Uh, there wasn't so much of attention or need to bring that character into other media. Shazam beat Superman to the punch. And even uh, within our next Shazam segment or episode, we'll be going into the cartoon series of the 80s to further this point. But Shazam got first crack at everything. Got first crack at radio, movie serial, animation and then here's what happens shazam somewhat fades from the comics the the comic book industry moved towards uh, like we'll say mid 80s 1985 1986 1987 during this time dc comics who owned the rights at the time said look uh like we need a new shazam book so they're doing a new shazam book dc at this point, acquired a lot of other companies. So they had regularly, like, they had, like, a regular large publishing schedule. But nothing was was connected, wasn't cohesive. And the need for that, eventually, like, aping a lot of what Marvel had as success. And, you know, some of the indie guys also. But DC says, we need to smash all of these different, universes or these different worlds that these characters live on together and just make it cohesive so they do that and that's called crisis on infinity earths that is one it's a 12 issue series it's technically 16 when you pull in um some other material but it's a long grinding read anyone that's on the outskirts would have to research a lot uh as you go through those pages but Shazam emerged from that with no fanfare. Before that, Shazam series, again, no fanfare. But And we had the rise of Superman and Batman. Uh, you know, like, kind of, like, you kind of want to say this, this harder, edgier, more adult artwork-wise, like, more lines, more cross-hatching, more aggressive-looking characters. Superman was able to adopt this even though they still stay true to, to to the character's core. And clearly, as you guys can guess, the Dark Knight like, became the Dark Knight. And Shazam was lost in the mix. And right when the 70s attempt, the 70s attempt for a new series, a new introduction, it really got snuffed out by the Superman Richard Donner movie. Because... It was almost like Shazam was was on its knee, like character-wise, like uh, property-wise. It, it, it was, uh, you know, they were counting to 10, but Shazam was on his knee. So Shazam stands up. We're still counting. But then right when he stands up, he falls down. And that is the effect of the Superman movie. Permanently solidifying the Man of Steel in the lexicon, in the culture, in the imagination and somewhat of a shifting tide. The the shifting tide was Shazam was maybe too wholesome. Was maybe too true. Superman. Truth, justice, the American way. They call him the Boy Scout. It still, in a way, had edge. He had e- emotion. He was able to freak out. He was able to lose himself. Uh, you know, like perfectly... Uh, 
stated in what you would consider the final Superman stories leading into Crisis, where they, uh, writer, his name was Alan Moore, he matured up the character in one issue, and that really became a template moving forward of just the baseline for the character. Like, what, what will we always do? How will, how will we always portray the character? And a lot of people forget that these characters take decades to sculpt. The reason for that is because the nature of the comic book publishing. Like, we're publishing a book every single month, of a title every single month. And it's a slow paradigm shift in locating sales, in, in locating and isolating what consumers like. And a lot of the creators and editorial directors, editorial executives come into play. Shazam was lost in the shuffle from the 70s. Shazam later roared back a few years ago with the Shazam live-action movie starring Zachary Levi. Then Shazam died again this year with the failure of Shazam Fury of the Gods, a movie I do back. But along the way, we had these attempts to keep Shazam as a character, as a boy that transformed into a superhero, that adult fantasy, meaning children look up to adults, children want to be adults, children want to grow up to be adults, uh, adults are very mysterious to children, that fantasy faded, and what replaced it was something completely alien, pun intended. An idea of an alien crash-landing to Earth and being the sole survivor of his race. That, you, that it's just more fanciful. You can grasp it. And just the idea of what Shazam represented to the audience went away. But we have something here. We have our episode. Shazam. TV series. 19, uh, like, let me, <laughs> what, let me download the year. The, the show ran from 1974 to 1976. Three seasons. The episode counts are as follows. Episode one, uh, aired September 7th, 1974. 15 episodes. Season two, seven episodes. Season three, six episodes. Of this show, uh, Tubi, a couple months ago, had, Everything for free, but I was only able to get one episode down. Episode one, the Joy Riders, which is evil BMX thug children. <laughs> and Shazam needs to set these kids straight. The whole plot of the show is you have an RV, you have an elder, you have young Billy Batson, who's really not exactly a boy. He's more like a he's more like a 12, 13 year old. Very similar to the template that they did for the, the newer Zachary Levi movie. And along the way, things happen. The boys are going to say Shazam and turn into a superheroes. Shazam, at this time, was portrayed by Michael Gray. Of Michael Gray's career, this is the one role that stood out. This show, though, and I'm very upset I didn't see more of it. I do fully recommend it because, again... We're trying to sketch out how a character fades into nothingness, how a character goes down the memory hole, and how an audience loses touch with a character. 
the idea of putting Shazam as a live-action superhero show that was very much in vogue at the time. Uh, you can look at, I believe there was, there was an Aquaman show called Man from Atlantis, Legend of Isis. This was very common for the day. This is before Saturday morning completely got taken over by animation. Later, to get retaken over, right, by live-action with Money More from Power Rangers, we do forget that. But we're reaching for a new audience and Shazam doesn't quite land here, even though it had three years to do so. Even though through the publishing, DC was backing this book. They did treasury editions, they did photo covers, they did a new series. It, it, it's, a, it, it's just a little bit frustrating, and I know you guys can, can, can hear it, but I fully backed this show because of what it was supposed to do, how it's made, what it represents, and here's the crazy thing aka patterns film buffers this show's just fun it's fun and it's goofy it's no better or worse than mighty morphin power rangers or the live action shows of the time that now people look back to with with real nostalgia i feel like if the internet age was late uh, was earlier meaning let's just say the internet age happened in the early 90s like full-on internet full-on cell phones all of it People would be looking back at this show, digging it up, doing more retrospectives, doing more discussions, because this show would sometimes air. It was tough to find at one point. Uh, bootleggers didn't have it, but it would air on shows like Nick and Knight and, and other similar programming. And you would kind of catch one episode every now and again, very similar to the Spider-Man live action. And growing up as a comic book fan, that was important to watch and is important to chart because... There was a time before when everything became comics. There was a time before then where you fought a right to curate comics, to curate everything that they put out, to somehow find it, somehow track it down, and curate it to validate it. And that's a lot of what the draw for the show was. And I just feel like during the internet age, uh, if the internet age was earlier, people would have mined and rediscovered and and probably fell in love with this show but now it's just so far away it's just so much down the memory hole it's uh it's a little bit what they will call a deep cut but the show's goofy the show's fun the show is targeted towards teaching lessons to children uh i just feel like it's a home run uh, i honestly look at some of the like just the script if we took the script for the one episode I saw, and I do apologize for only watching one episode, if we take Joyriders as a script, we could make that today. We really could. And we could probably, as Walt Disney would say, plus it out with special effects, which are very like easy to do special effects now. Special effects mean hardly anything. You can, you can buy a plug-in package for After Effects, and you're rocking and rolling. But no, people, I fully recommend Shazam 1974. Check it out. Uh, so stay with me on this Shazam journey. <laughs> I just like, I love deep dives. I really do. That's what she said. So just be on the lookout. Episode 455. We're going to get to that right away. That's going to be our Elizabeth Taylor versus Netflix Cleopatra Throwdown. Anyway, <laughs> I was looking for something to say there. AK Pat here, guys. I love you guys so much. Thank you for all of your support. Rock and roll.